Time now for Kentucky Oaks post-race coverage with the Horse Racing Happy Hour right here on ESPN Louisville. Post-race coverage is presented by Cody Photography, the official track photographer at Churchill Downs. RE Solutions, revolutionizing real estate one relationship at a time. Begin your home search at resolutions.realtor and Vidhorse Marketing Photography and videography. Let Vidhorse take the reins of your digital content. Now, live from Churchill Downs, here's Mike Gandolfo, Megan Devine, and Louis Rabot. All right, guys, we are done after a really exciting Oaks where we had a pretty big upset, but an upset that we kind of called Louis. Yeah, Louis, you act well. We expected She Dares the Devil to be in the conversation, right. and Louie's getting text messages that people listen to the show and hit the super because right. yep. they might not have expected that order, but the four horses were, yep. was what we had, and yep. uh, man, it, it was crazy. I just got to say, we were at the post-race for the Oaks. We have one more stakes race to go on the card. I also need to say that this post-race is sponsored as well by Sheet Metal Workers or Small, Smart Local 110. For career opportunities, go to smart110.com. Also, the post-race coverage is presented by local 502 plumbers, pipe fitters, and HVAC technicians. For all, and uh, then finally, for all your personal and business insurance needs, contact Chad Hennessy at Insuremax 502-479-4085. And uh, listen, we need pipe fitters and we need uh, we need electricians. And if you need insurance, go go check out Chad. So, all right, uh, guys, I'm a little bummed because if I would have had you know either a Swiss Skydiver <laughs> or Gamine, I would have won a couple hundred bucks. Because I, you know, was live on the pick five until we the get end. it, Mike. You were live mm-hmm. on the pick five, yeah. Yeah, but uh, they heard you. Yeah, we get it. I'll tell you what. She dares the devil beat them, and there was no n- nobody has an excuse. I mean, it was a clean race. It was a clean race. Um, I thought that. Uh, I mean, she dares the devil just had perfect positioning. So Skydiver was kind of in and out and in, and then she had to go out again. And Gamine actually didn't change leads into leads. Part of me until pretty late in the stretch, and uh, on the backside, I actually noticed that Florent Giroux did such a good job in measuring the the pace of that race and measuring how much horse he had under him because he actually took back on She Dares the Devil just behind the the uh, half mile pole a little bit to, to just save her and say it's, it's alright we got this you know because she was ready to go she had so much energy all throughout and that's actually what allowed her to continue to go forward and make that extra spurt of energy at the, at the end of the stretch Hey Louie and there's no question that uh, we call Flandreau Frenchie but Frenchie and Brad Cox have They've got something going on. That, that team, they got a little something, something going on. A little something, something. something. Yeah, so that's four riding wins for Florent Giroux here today. And Brad Cox. And Brad Cox. I yeah. don't know if – has Frenchie had an Oaks winner before? Uh, yeah. Yes. I'm just kidding. So oh, oh, I, he looked really serious, oh, didn't man. he? I saw that one pretty good. So, uh, <laughs> so none of us should be shocked. He played cards after this. <laughs> none, of us, none of us should be shocked by, uh, by Florent running well in this race and, and being able to measure the distance and knowing – if he's got a horse that's got the right, you know, the right stuff, frankly, just for the backstretch. And so, no, tremendous, tremendous uh, push and, there and I mean, awesome stuff. Again, this is the horse that was working with Monoma Girl. We talked about that earlier on yep. the show. She yep. was working heads up with her. She had looked fantastic and every single morning that we had seen her out here. And uh, so, boy, was she impressive. Very impressive. I just, uh, I, she was, she went early. I mean, she was, it was, they never changed the first three, right? I mean, the first three mm-hmm. were the first. That- that's pretty much right, yeah. And I was like, oh, she's, she went out, you know, that horse is going to die off, die off. I kept on waiting for her to die off, and, man, she hit another gear. She Just slow mean, down. Slow down is the, what you're looking for. Slow down. Slow down. 
Okay. I got to be careful about my <laughs> lingo around Megan. Yeah, you do. Because Megan loves. She looked at me like, what is possibly going on? <laughs> right. ho- it was bad horse- when he said it once, and then he said it like five other <laughs> I times. I thought the horse I was going to poop out. looked at Louie because How I was going to stab you. <laughs> so much pooping. So, uh, poop out. Yeah. But no, I mean, that that, uh, that opens up, frankly, that all those Oaks Derby double race uh, bets. Mm-hmm. That, that's going to pay well now, all of a sudden. Yeah. Yep. And then that tr- that uh, pick three that Mike and I put out that we missed on because we had the second and third place horses, which is the Oaks and then the Turf Classic and then the Derby is going to pay well as well. So that's cool. That's great. Yeah. And, I mean, we mentioned on the show that we thought Swiss Skydiver and um, and Gamine were as equally as big of a favorite as Tis Law on the Derby side. Mm-hmm. I mean, does that open the door? That Could someone something shocking like this happen tomorrow? I mean, who's... Who could potentially be the she dares the devil of tomorrow? It's going to be authentic if it is. That would go to the front and stay out front. Now, the question is, does authentic have the ability to go the extra furlong, right? To go an extra eighth of a mile. And so that would be the only question I would think. And just, then not just that, the law closes really well. So, I mean, that's that's the problem in, in that scenario. Well, but that would be the horse. It would be it would be authentic tomorrow. And, and it's Tis the Law is not necessarily boxed into one particular running style. I mean, the issue here with uh, Gamine and Swiss Skydiver is they are need-the-lead types. Correct. We talk about that regularly on our weekly podcast. It's just that these are horses that prefer to be out there. And so when they matched up because both of them needed the lead, it, it set up perfectly for that. But Tis the Law is not that type of a horse. He has, you know, he's tractable. He can rate behind others. And so he's not necessarily forced to go uh, and then potentially run down by somebody else. Man, I tell you, I, I'm just... I'm blown away at the race that she dares the double had just had. I really, I mean, it, it's, there's something to be said. Frenchie was put on this horse two races ago. Uh, she dares the devil, lost a Swiss skydiver. Megan, turn off your car alarm. <laughs> Sorry. Trying to, trying to have a show they here. Can't, Sorry. They can't I mean, hear ridiculous. that on the freaking air. <laughs> I don't know. They cannot hear it. Tell, tell me right now, Green. Can you hear the car alarm going off in the background? Oh, you can? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear it. <laughs> oh, all right. He's like, yeah, 100%. Right. This is a, this is a heavily ambient show. Yes. Yeah, it, right. It's very, it's very much the, in the background, yeah. and I don't know if it'll if it's going over AM radio, but sitting in the yeah, studios with my headset, yes, I can. Uh-huh. can. Very, okay, very right. faintly. It, it's there, for sure. We got we got a whole bunch of cars uh, parked in the infield, uh, which pretty smart move, actually, but I guess getting out of here out of that one tunnel is going to be... So, by the way, I do want to handicap race 13 in about two minutes, but yeah. first, I want to say, what were your impressions today who ran the best that you saw that you kind of thought ran the best i obviously she dares the devil was terrific in the oaks i thought sconson was the other horse that caught my eye as far as or at least just that style can win a lot right that's a style that if if you're able to develop that horse into that kind of route race where it can run two turns and do those things that she can win a lot going forward and she can be in a lot of respectable sort of grade three grade two type races where she's going to be first second third favorite whatever and so Wisconsin to me was one of those horses interesting to see what her path is coming up but um yeah she dares the devil took the took the stage for sure today yeah I would say for me it was Monomore Girl Monomore Girl almost set the course record or the the the, the stakes record yeah yeah. and uh, and that's a really I mean that's a herald stakes I mean that's a lot of history there so um Monomore Girl if she would have been pushed a little bit more on the on the stretch I think she probably would have gotten that record and speaking of class going class by my standards, was awesome. That's today. who I was. I mean, say. just awesome today. Go ahead, man. In my opinion, that was the horse that impressed me. You know, I mean, besides the, the performance we just saw in the Kentucky Oaks, but that impressed me the most because I've had him on that um, Breeders' Cup Classic countdown that I do the top rankings in the top ten for a while now, and he's always been a horse that I just have 
thought is so, so talented. And that what he did today, able to kind of re-engage, he actually switched off leads and then switched back on, but he's so powerful. Yep. And uh, he moved so, so well over this racetrack. So I was really impressed by what he did and, and how much he showed. And it looked like he was, I mean, it, I didn't think he was flat out at all. I thought he, he looked like he was continuing to accelerate, which, you know, if they do decide to go towards that Breeders' Cup Classic, I don't know if they will, but that gives me more confidence because this race was only a mile and a 16th, whereas, you know, you, you have to stretch out. So he needs yep. to have more. And, and I thought he looked like he could give that in that race. I agree with you. Yep. So uh, what, about, what, what happened to McKenzie in that race? He, was he second? <laughs> so he had to be at least Dude. third. You know what's interesting about that, though? And, and I had kind of forgotten about it. Um, but we No, no, it's not that. He got stuck again for sure. Okay, I, I thought you were going to say... I was just going to say, I, I had forgotten that he is super sensitive to the whip, and that's always yes, been right. his Achilles yep. heel. And I noticed it again as they were loading into the starting gate, and, and uh, Mike actually put the whip underneath his leg, and he just had his arms kind of waving from side to side like he was doing the wave, basically trying to get the horse to, to go into the gate instead of touching him with the whip because he is that sensitive. Wow. And I had, had forgotten about it, but I also hadn't paid attention to him loading before, I right. guess. So I didn't realize just how bad it was um, or how sensitive he was to that and and, um, you know, for people that might have questions about it, you know, the whips and, and everything, it, it is also there for the jockey's safety. Um, so even though McKinsey is a horse that doesn't like the whip and Mike doesn't even use the whip on him, you use it if you need to, if you need to get out of the way of another horse or you're going to go over the rail and you need to redirect your horse. So it is very much a safety tool for the riders um, as much as anything else. So here's uh, here's Frenchie's day, and then or do you want to go to? Well, let's do that. Let's do thirteen. Race let's do thirteen. We'll come back to Florent for sure. Yeah. I, I, I could talk about Florent's room for two hours. So it's, it's totally fine. Um, All right, but a major scratch in this race. Okay. Um, so the four is out, and that's bound for nowhere. And bound for nowhere was going to be the second, or no, the favorite, right? Yeah. At three to one three in this one. race had been running terrifically coming in. Um, lost in a race that we talked about in the uh, Shark Town to uh, Leinster last time out at Keeneland, and so uh, was poised to to run. Uh, really well here had run third in that race and so kind of takes that horse off the board and then puts extravagant kid the five under tyler uh Gaffalione, um into the oof, nine to five spot i don't know if i like that number but um megan did you have a favorite in this race yeah i mean i i, I think i said it earlier i think extravagant kid is the classiest of the bunch yeah. um and also i like the fact that this gelding he's a seven-year-old gelding he's a bit aged but um he's able to come from from pretty much anywhere he's shown some speed before he's been you know coming off the pace in his past couple of races so i definitely think he is the classiest of the bunch i mean the one horse also has a bit of class obviously at three to one but a horse that i thought was quite interesting um was potentially the the two well able who i thought looked good in the paddock and i'll keep an eye on as they come out onto the racetrack as well but for a bit of a price 10 to 1 down to 6 to 1 you know the horse isn't cold on the board and i think is not without a chance if you're looking for some higher value I like that. I like that too, that too. The well-abled, uh, the the value there. Because I think, well, here's a, here it is. You know, Manny Franco is on well-abled. The right. two horse. Manny Franco did not have a good day today. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, does that say anything? I mean, nope. no. But but, he, <laughs> but but I think it's um, he doesn't ride here. I mean, he's a New York jockey. So all right. Well, he's going to also ride tomorrow in the biggest I know, race, but and he's on, had really heavy favorites today. And has he had really heavy favorites? Yeah, he had. Uh, I'm trying to think who he had. I don't know. I, I think that there's a lot of like local horses today um, because Saratoga is still running, so we don't have that big influx of flux. Pardon me, of New York trainers that come here. So I didn't expect him to have a ton of mounts because he doesn't ride regularly for these trainers. Is there is there a section of that of him learning the track? He actually won on his big favorite with Sharing. He won that. Yeah. He won with Sharing. No, I think it's and fine. he was really good. The at fact Sharing that he too. rode today at all. I think it's fine. And the track tomorrow is going to be a different track tomorrow. And, and he'll, I think he's on some undercard races. So I 
you know, he'll get the hang of it then. So I'm not really concerned about that. And again, we talked about it earlier. You don't have the giant crowds that you are used to having and then all the, I guess, excitement that comes with that or the added um, pressure from, from all the people out here. So I don't I don't take the jockeys, um, um, I don't know, Yeah. In their so, mental state into it as much this year, I guess. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> getting back to this race, too, um, a horse I like at a price here is actually the 10 car Atari. And I'm largely going on... Jockey who knows the course, but also jockey trainer stats here. Man, Brian Lynch and Julian Lepper are hitting at 30% this year at, at Churchill Downs. So I'm just going to take a flyer across the board here on the 10 horse who is currently 7-1. to one. And so um, yeah. that, that just in these sometimes in these sprint races, you just break well and it is what it is. So I'm going to take a flyer on the 10 car Atari. Well, especially since I actually don't hate that pick, Louie, because... Uh I, mean, I don't hate you either, Megan. <laughs> no, coming out of a win from a stakes race, I mean, it was Ellis Park and it was soft turf then. Sure. And we obviously have some pretty firm ground today, but this horse has done well in firm turf races before. And that some of those were, I believe, in the championship meet at Goldstream Park. So there right. is some some validity to them, I guess, when you're when you're putting them up against the races here at Churchill Downs. So I don't think that's a, a bad pick at all, especially for the price. Frenchie could get number five. Right here with Diamond Oops, too. I mean, that's that's a real... Diamond Oops is a nice horse. Yeah. So he's three to one here. The, the one horse, right? The one horse, that is I'm correct. Looking, yeah. Okay. yeah, that is correct. They go, who you on, Crean? Uh, I'm going back and forth. I kind of like that. I honestly kind of like that 10 with, with the shot. Shot taking a little bit of a shot there. But, I mean, I've been tailing Megan all day, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't. Do yeah, do yeah, yeah, do what you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Megan, who's well, hey. marginally classy here. Right? Oh, geez. <laughs> Come on now. All right, we are. Uh, Throw things at we you. are. On, the horses are on the track. Uh, they're just they're you know getting warmed up, ready to go. Uh, so we'll. And by the way, just for people who are listening, if you weren't listening earlier, we're going to be on at one o'clock tomorrow. This is the horse racing happy hour at Horse Happy Hour on Twitter. I'm Louis Rabot. Megan Devine's next to me. Mike Gandolfo at the other end. And uh, so we'll be on one to three uh, thirty tomorrow for Derby, and then we'll be on in this show again right after the Derby. So if you're looking for um, something to throw on your smart speaker at your party or whatever, we're going to be on tomorrow, and hopefully make you all some money. Yeah, again. Yeah, we had a pretty good day. Yeah. And then if you like the show, we hope you listen to the podcast. Yeah, we're, we're a weekly podcast. Yeah. On any of your uh, favorite podcast platforms, Spotify and... We actually, uh, every once in a while, make cusses. I, I, I'm going to start a jar. If, if anybody we, has any good right. tips to stop. She is, <laughs> she is the cusser on the show. That's for If real. we yeah. have to go explicit, it's because of me. It's because <laughs> of me. <laughs> a real life. That's, that is real world <laughs> stuff right there. Sometimes All right, so I just fr- get excited. Here's Frenchie's big day. Uh, he started off with uh, winning race five, travel column. Wow. Was uh, his win there yep. with Brad Cox as the trainer. Uh, then he won again in the seventh race with Flabbergasted. That was a Mark like Cassie horse. trained horse. Uh, Keep talking, Mike Gandolfo. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find the name. Flabbergasted was pretty He won the Kentucky though. Oaks, by the way. Dead oh, then he won on Mongo Girl. Yeah, yeah, of course. With, with Brad Cox. Yeah. So, um, and actually, so I don't, like, Brad Cox must have had three, three wins. So, mm-hmm. Uh, it's still a good day for a trainer. We'll Absolutely. play three days. Yeah. yeah Brad, I mean, Brad Cox, obviously. Especially in a day like today. Yes, yeah, when everything's six figures. Yeah, right. yeah. Brad Cox usually does pretty good Churchill Downs. Yeah, you know, uh, I've yeah. heard of him. Uh, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> How'd Bob Baffert do today? <laughs> oh. Hmm. Was it an offer for him? What do, what do you think? I mean, I did hear Bob. Uh, yes, it was. Uh, making it. I'm not trying to be a dick. Yeah. Honestly, I just think he. Is that? Can we say that? We're on good. The so the. Um, <laughs> Kree, did you have to dump that? I just no, um, um, I believe that word's okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like Dick Cheney, you know, whatever. So um, I'll I'll double down here. Dick uh, (laughs) Vitale. That was a person. He shoots at people when they're hunting together. The, um, but no, I. What do you have? Two months today, three months today, McKenzie. 
Did he have a horse in the Oaks? He only had a couple. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's not like he had. He only had horses. like five horses. Yeah, exactly. Horses. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and tomorrow we have um, Cezanne. Yeah, uh-huh. he had a horse named Gamine who got beat. <clears throat> yeah, he did. Yeah. That horse doesn't switch leads, man. That's a one turn horse. I'm, I'm telling you, I agree, Megan. I mean, I, was that a factor in this race? That she didn't switch leads? And no, that, that's a one turn race. Uh, I mean, like she's a one turn horse. Yeah, it very two, well could be. Two turn race. I mean, I just. Uh, she looked great. I mean, she looked good. I mean, she looked. Solid. I mean, Swiss skydiver. It's incredible how Gamine always gets to the front. Yeah. It does not matter. She gets out of the gate Super well. Fast. She gets up quickly and just, it's it's pretty incredible. So, I mean, but even so, she's she's now a uh, grade one or Kentucky Oaks placed, I guess. So, yeah, you right. know, it only adds to her value. So, I think you've got to take the shot. I think she was talented enough to be in the race for sure. But I, would have yeah, I, wouldn't, for be, sure. I wouldn't be surprised yep. to see her well, um, we, after this cut her back in distance. So, what do you do? Do, do, do we see her in the distaff? We don't see her in the distaff. I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. Do you run She Dares a Devil in the distaff? 100%. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Do you run So Skydiver in the distaff? Uh, they will. And they sh- should they? I think so, because I think... I agree. I, I think this was, like we said earlier... Because she she's concern, already run well at Keeneland, right? Uh, she, she already run well at the distance, right, at a too. mile and a quarter. That's so I think this oh, was just a lot to ask really close to her last race, which was very long. So I think they give her some time off, uh, they bring her back, and she's fresh and ready to go. I just think it was too little amount of time between races, uh, between long, tough races. I mean, I think that's just a, a really fascinating part about this, is like, where do we go next? You right. know, we, we had two of these horses think, seriously thinking about going the Preakness, right? They were, yes. And now... Gamine's not running in the Preakness. Gamine's not for sure. Swiss, I wouldn't run Swiss Skydiver. Right, if Swiss Skydiver would have finished second to Gamine, would have Swiss Skydiver gone to the Preakness? No. No? No. I, I'd, Swiss Skydiver I had mean, a win Kenny, to the Kenny himself teased it, but... She would have had to have won. Yeah, I think if she won, they would have gone. I agree with that. But not now. So there's not a scenario where both, where both horses would have gone to the Preakness? No. no. Okay. No. No. That's a, that's uh, 20, a, that's 2020 a is a weird year, but it's not yeah, that weird. I don't think it's that weird. <laughs> I, I, um, also... I'm trying to think. I think the Acorn is a three or four hundred thousand dollar race. So if at he, Belmont, not the Acorn. Excuse me, the Black Eyed Susan. Yes, on Pimlico Day. Right. And so, if you did want a race, you could do that, or you just wait. I think they just train up to it. Honestly. I agree with you. I, so, I would not be surprised to see them just give her time to rest and come back, especially and, after two and train her up races. to it. Yeah. Right. Yep. I don't see her running again in that type of a scenario. And yeah. train up to train up to the Breeders Cup. Breeders Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, especially since then they don't they don't have to worry about shipping or anywhere. I mean. She could just stay here, train here, and then just drive 45 minutes away and go yeah, to Keeneland. Right. Yep. All right. Well, they are all now in the 13th race. Again, this is the uh, Twin Spires Turf Sprint. Five and a half furlongs on the turf. And uh, for three-year-olds and up, it's a $250,000 grade two. And uh, this really wouldn't shouldn't take that long, so we're just going to keep on <laughs> I watching. feel like They're since you did the, the commercial for the race call for RE Solutions, you should probably uh, – be calling I like where we're at on well. this one, Jack. Yeah. Thank you. This 10 looks good. Listen, I'm, I'm just telling you. Oof, this eight horse. Megan and I teamed up on that really well, so, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, the eight is up front. And this guy got replaced by the two. At two's at five to one. The two Michelle is Lavelle well, places her horses well labeled. so well. No, no, the eight well. is way up front. The eight is way up. There goes the yeah, eight. Yeah, he's going to win. 100%. They're in the final stretch, and the eight is pulling away. Uh, just oh, might. Oh, there goes oh, the no, three, here goes though. Oh, uh, here they come. Here's the five. Eight would have been a huge number, right? Extravagant. Oh, nine, nine to one. Actually there goes Tyler. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, 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 they're the favorite wins. There you go. Gosh, I always forget how long the stretch is here. Whoa, look at the one on the inside. Oh. 
We've got a great wow. finish. I think Whoa. did Frenchie just get his one five? One five. Yeah, Frenchie he did. Frenchie just got it. Uh, Diamond Oops got it. Uh, not trained Ooh. by Brad Cox. Trained by uh, Patrick, Patrick Biancone. Biancone. Final number oh. four. Who has uh, Sole Volante tomorrow? Four does to he, one. Is he not proud of his Italian heritage? Is that what's going on there? Yeah, apparently. Oh, All right. Serious question, Megan. Mm-hmm. Since. And then so like Volante, by the way, all of us have to drink massive amounts of bourbon for Mexican horse. Um, <laughs> people who listen to Solo the show. Vol- Volante is another drink. He's been training on the turf who? in Florida, Solo Volante. Oh. How do you feel about that? Mm. If negative is the answer. Yeah, yeah I don't feel a, great about it. What are we doing? Like, what, what planet is this? Like, I'm all like about I, running your, your you shooter in the derby, but training on turf, what are we doing? I don't know. I'm not a trainer, obviously, but it does concern me a little bit because I feel like. Sometimes when you see that, it's because a horse has a little bit of a foot issue. Um, and so you want to keep them on that nice, soft, cushy ground, uh, but still obviously be able to train them and keep that fitness level up. So I'm not saying that that's the issue, but it has in the past been something that I've seen be done. Um, and I've also, I don't think in the, the mornings that I've been out here, um, I've actually seen him gallop around the track. Like he's strictly jogged most of the days that I've actually put eyes on him. So, so that's eliminate. Oh, did, were, did, wasn't that already a thing? Well, Sole Volante? Yeah. Can that be the first horse we eliminate? It could be the first horse <gasps> it, we eliminate. He was already out, in my opinion. I yeah. love it. I love it. <laughs> That's what we do tomorrow. We'll eliminate. Go away, Sole Volante. So, again, you're listening. I mean, I, it makes me sad because I, 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 I think he's the connections are really nice. Like Patrick, and, yeah. and right. Well, Andy, um, his daughter, who is the basically been training this horse and, and rides him and, and everything and runs the barn. I mean, she absolutely loves him and, and they get along great. And he's such a sweetheart. He's very calm around the barn. She feeds him a peppermint out of her mouth. Like, it's really cute. That's a, that's a little disturbing. No, it's not. It's cute. A little, little kissing going a little on? little horse making out. It's just right. it's nice. It's sweet. It's t- cute. T- horse racing happy hour here, but that's a horse racing making out show. Over there. <laughs> tongue, tongue, tongue action. All right, the, whatever. Who are they have one of those make out booths like they had in the 1950s? <laughs> uh, so, the, uh, I mean... No, well, we're not going to go. There. All right. <laughs> By the way, we're going to leave that right there. If people are listening, we are uh, we are on the UPS jobs text line four three seven nine six eighty. If you're out of town, five zero two four three seven nine six eighty. Hit us up on the text. You line. can also tweet at us at Horse Happy Hour. And again, this we are the Horse Racing Happy Hour, and this is a little bit more of our Happy Hour kind of time slot. Yeah. So yeah, uh, we're feeling good. We're having fun. You know. And we always do. Yeah. Uh, you can find us on any podcast platform at uh, just search for the Horse Racing Happy Hour. And uh, let's go ahead and um, let's go to the break. We're going to come back, and we're going to break down the other stakes races, the, the other ones that kind of happened today. And then if we have a little time left, we'll talk derby. Um, and then the final segment of the day, we'll have, uh, we're going to bring back E.J. Clark. And E.J. If, uh, is the guy who uh, just recently retired and has uh, been the person who uh, I started doing this post-race show with. Uh, I don't know. It's been four or five years, and um, I've I've learned a lot from EJ, so we're gonna we're gonna bring EJ Clark on to see what he thought about today and and give us a little bit look into tomorrow. He's been around this business for a long time. But guy's got a steel trap of a mind, so it's amazing what he can remember. Uh, so we'll be back. This is the Horse Racing Happy Hour. You're listening to post race coverage of the Kentucky Oaks with the Horse Racing Happy Hour on ESPN Louisville. Now here's Mike, Megan, and Louie. All right, we're back on the Horse Racing Happy Hour. Mike Kandavel here with Louis Rabot and Megan Devine. We're breaking down all the Oaks Day action. Well, we just kind of went through the Oaks, uh, but she dares the devil, the big winner there. Uh, and Florent Giroux, five wins here today at Churchill Downs. Local jockey getting it done. It's, uh, it's great to see. He's a really good dude. He's a good guy, so it's awesome. 
All right, let's go back then to the uh, the first stakes race of the day was the Eight Bell Stakes. Uh, oh, and by the way, if you want a picture, if you want a picture of She Dares the Devil. Or any of these races. Or any of these races, you should go to Cody Photography and make sure that you put in the promo code CHEERS20 and you're going to get 20% off any order over $40. And uh, they just do, they got, like, like Megan said earlier, they got photographers everywhere so covering um, this ground that's c-o-a-d-y c-o-a-d-y photography.com get your pictures also have racetracks across the country which i think is fascinating 32 tracks so if you have a horse if you own a horse or you like a horse that ran somebody else go there and just search the horse's name and it'll pull up all the sorts of images that that they have from it and if you don't and if you want more images you're like hey do you have more angles you could actually just message them or call them and be like do you guys have anything extra because sometimes they've got stuff they don't even put on the website just because they have so many photographers and so many images they've got some awesome stuff and really this is like a historical image this year oh 100 percent. i mean you want you want this picture yeah it's a historical you'll you'll see it as it comes but the um, I got a, a glimpse at the they do always do a jockey's picture every year the, the jock's porch picture in the room with all of them lined up and everything it's like the class photo if you will right yeah and they did that standing on the stairs with the jockeys like hands behind their backs backs part of me and they had the masks on and uh, they're, they're spaced apart a little bit but it looks really cool it's, oh. it's a neat nice photo that's going to be historic so it's, it's awesome you'll see it so the first stakes race of the day was the eight bell stakes uh it was one we mentioned earlier louis said that he's really impressed by this horse wisconsin the favorite four graces came in second uh megan what did you think ha- happened in this race anything stayed out to you well if my ipad would just let me scroll um in the eight bells in the eight bells wisconsin yeah, no, pro I, graces I, monday call i think that uh we talked about it a little bit, but the one it was kind of the same situation as the Oaks, right? It was a speed duel between two, two horses, horses Monday that, call are, and that are races. need the lead types. So you got to look out for that when you're handicapping. If you have horses that need to be in the front of the pack, they're sometimes vulnerable, and, and that was the case here. Esconson was able to just come from off the pace. It was a really big effort for her. She took a, a nice step up to the grade two level. She had finished second behind four graces in, in a grade three before, but she really showed herself here today. And the Foley's, by the way, this is an exciting weekend for them. This is their first Kentucky Derby runner i think ever sounds right and yeah. they are they're local here it's um there's, there's, greg and travis stable, foley stable on the backside. Right? yeah yeah for sure right right in one of the first barns but yeah. um but they're they're local guys it's a family operation that they have and and so it's nice to see them get the win at a graded stakes and of course have major fed tomorrow in the kentucky derby all right uh louis anything you want to say more about sconces run you kind of mentioned it earlier yeah no just that you know once in a while when horses two horses need the lead and they're both in the same race and they run 44 pretty much flat in the yeah. first two furlongs. I mean, it's just not sustainable for young yeah. horses. So, yeah. Not so, not so shocking that Sconson would pick up the pieces. But, hey, great effort from Sconson. Nothing to take away from that horse. In the next race, uh, the, in the ninth, the Edgewood, we had Sharing, who was the heavy favorite. And Sharing did not disappoint. Manny Franco aboard there uh, for Sharing. Pretty much, uh, you know, what we expected in that race. I know I, I thought she could be vulnerable or the horse could be vulnerable and wasn't. I so. thought I think Louie and I were kind of on the same page with her being a single, and this is where you wanted to save if you were playing those multi-race wagers, but she just looked so comfortable. I mean, she got out nice and easy from the starting gate, and she just was floating across that turf course. She's got such a nice, easy stride, and I was actually watching her warm up on the turf, or I'm sorry, the dirt course as well, just in the uh, post parade, and I thought she just looked so light-footed. She just skips over the ground no matter what she's on, and that's exactly what she does uh, as she got over onto the, the grass for the grade two Edgewood. The cool thing here is we talk about on the show, on the pod, horses shipping back for their first starts back in North America after being in Europe. And we, to this point, frankly, of races that we've handicapped, those horses haven't won. Mm-hmm. And so Sharon comes back from Royal Ascot and shows up beautifully in this race, uh, was never going to lose. 
And so, uh, yeah, absolutely um, a wonderful run. And, and, yeah, look, that's the kind of run that gives you confidence in Manny Franco tomorrow that he's got, you know, if he understands the horse has been on before, that, you know, that you'll get those results. And so, yeah, nice win for, uh, for sharing in that race. All right, the, uh, and by the way, Hendy Woods, who I mentioned as the second horse, we mentioned the second horse came yeah. second. So, mm-hmm. No, yeah. we, we nailed that one. Yeah. Uh, the Ali Sheba stakes was the, the Great Two Ali Sheba. Was, my single. Was one, but my was my single. Yeah, buddy. Because I'm not going to put McKenzie in there. <laughs> McKenzie was the favorite, finished fourth by my standards, though, takes the win. So uh, impressive. Very impressive. And actually, Owendale, I thought, I thought, I thought Owendale and Silverdust, because I don't think Silverdust had a really good trip. Mm-hmm. Had, had a lot of trouble. Um, and. For those two horses to kind of finish second and third, I thought... Actually, McKenzie finished really well, too, actually. Yeah. All four he, of those horses were finishing really well. I, he, I, he came off a little bit. Silver Dust caught him at the end. But, I mean, I, by my standards, is the story here. We, sh- we don't need to get caught in the minutia of second, third, and fourth. It is interesting, though, if you go back and watch that replay, just take a look at the, like, the beginning of the final turn there um, because all the riders are really starting to move, starting to ask. And McKenzie just covers so much ground, and Mike is just sitting still as could be. And I think that's one of two things. One, you know, he's just a very patient rider, and that's why they call him Money Mike. He's a Hall of Fame rider. So you can really see that in in, in his um, patience, but also the fact that he cannot use the whip on that horse. So he has to save every single moment that he can so that he doesn't run out of horse. So, I mean, it's it's an interesting thing if you're trying to learn and watch races to, to look for the riders and how they're moving right. in certain points of the race. There you go. All right, and then the uh, the Lotch win. We kind of mentioned this too. Monomoy Girl looked really solid. Went off as a really heavy favorite in that race. But Louie, you were impressed by Lady K. Lady K caught my eye for sure because she didn't do anything wrong. She just happened to run against Monomoy Girl. So <laughs> sometimes you just are in the <laughs> wrong race. Her for that. No, that's exactly Horologist right. Horologist ran it. You know, I mean, finishing in Horologist the top three too. Horologist was totally fine. Yeah. Yep, for sure. And so I, but Lady K, literally nothing wrong about that running style and how she was out there, ready to go. Monomoy Girl is just Monomoy Girl. It's so interesting to watch her because. For some reason, that second turn, she always goes so wide on the second turn. But then she switches those leads, and she's gone, and it's all. Well, awesome. she got caught out wide, I think, on the first turn, too. There was a little yeah. bit of, of Oh, a she was way wide on the first up. turn. Yep, for sure. And so, there was a lot of yelling going on as I was standing over there, so it, I wasn't surprised that she didn't get the easiest trip in the world. Yeah, no, that's why she's Monomo Girl, right? And yeah. so, um, no, another great win for her, and adds to the long list of great horses that have won the launch right now. Anything to take away from maybe not a great performance by Vexatious? Was Vexatious a kind of a flash in the pan? beating Binaibisu or anything about like she's a Julie didn't run, run particularly well. I think it's just hard to win back to back major graded stakes. Well, I and, also sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine, go ahead. No, I, I think I think that's one of those races you have to take with a grain of salt though. We talked mm. about that. I mean that personal ensign um, was a weird race, and I didn't think it was the best ride on Midnight Bizu as well. And you have to look at those was two. Was that horses. at Los Al? Where was that? No, that was uh, Saratoga. 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 Excuse me. Yeah, and so um, Mike couldn't fly in to ride. That's right. Uh, Midnight Bizu, and I think it was Ricardo that rode, and he's a very good rider, but she is one of those quirky horses, so it was still a good effort by oh, Vexatious right. to be up there with Midnight Bizu, because they beat the rest of the field by six lengths, but I thought it was more of a matter of getting lucky that Midnight Bizu didn't run to her best that day. That's actually a race where I warned people that Midnight Bizu didn't have Mike, right? Mm-hmm. And that yep. We're ch- ch- uh, changing jocks, and so yeah, maybe that was the giveaway so I, there. So I mean, if that number was a two instead of a one on her form, like, would we have had as high expectations for her. Which had been know. four to one, probably. Not. Right. right. Yeah. That's true too. Um, we did Ricardo win today. I don't think he did. You besmirching. This is a long I'm card. I'm trying to remember all. You besmirching. <laughs> I'm not besmirching. No, wait, we we American love Ricardo. He's a great rider. It just happens he, he, he rides a lot of the races that we talk about. He, he does. I mean, but he's he was kind of he was kind of the up and coming jockey here locally at Churchill Downs and. Uh, and not saying he's not. I just, you know, 
just don't have a good day some days, right? I mean, that's well, he's a first hole rider for Steve Asmussen, and um, well, no, Steve's doing really well right now, hitting at nineteen percent on the year, and uh, yeah. I mean, Ricardo's actually having a pretty good year. He's he's winning at thirty three percent at the meet. Uh, or he was at the start of the day, and uh, 17% of the year. So the, the numbers the, really aren't bad. He's only a couple days happen. old. No, I know, but yeah. still. I mean, he's won a third of the races that he's been on. So, so um, all right, and then, of course, we said in the uh, 13th race, we had a pretty exciting finish right there. You know, we had a lot of horses kind of vying for the lead. A lot of lead changes in that last stretch run, so yep. it was pretty awesome. Uh, Frenchie getting the win there on Diamond Oops, um, and there it is. They I mean, call it Flow. They call him Flo? I'm yeah. going to call him Frenchie. Yeah, Flo. I don't care what, I don't care what other people call him. <laughs> Mama call him. It's interesting that other people are wrong. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's our day today. I, I, I'll tell you what. It was weird being here, no fans, all that kind of stuff. But the day flew by. I mean. Oh, it did fly by. And it was. They did a great job. I did not miss the 75 minutes in between races as we go through the Oaks and all that kind of stuff. It was, not, I mean, it was weird to not have that, though. I mean, I, I was kind of surprised they were coming out onto the racetrack already. It, yeah. It didn't feel like it was time yet. No, they, they kept it moving. Yeah. I mean, it was uh, – and that, that thing that helped The 75,000 sundresses that weren't here, though, very negative. I'm a married man. Very negative. I don't look at that kind of stuff. Very negative. No. Very negative. I, I look at a it, curly redhead, and that's it. There you go. <laughs> Such a liar. It was nice to not have uh, so much like traffic to get through, but I miss the people. It definitely, it was weird. Horse racing's not great have, without crowds, I agree. No, it's, yeah. I, oh, it's I, definitely I miss, better I miss all of you out there that are listening. <laughs> we wish you could be here with us. But do you feel that way when you're watching it on TV? Yeah. What? Yeah. That you, like, you know, Louie's been sitting at home a lot this yeah. pandemic, betting on races and Nova Downs and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Never. And I don't think the crowd being there and not being there really has no, affected you really, that much. They not in really, a They don't really do, like, crowd shots. It's not part of it. I mean, the, the derby, the Oaks, uh, okay. the big races No, like but that, crowd, noise, crowd noise at, like, Saratoga, though, on a Saturday or something is fun. But yeah. let's go back to the Belmont because that, that was the first time that, you know, because they kept on showing that that creepy uh, live shot of Times Square with nobody there. Right. Yeah. That was like, whoa. Yeah. Uh, and then, I mean, did that did it take away from your Belmont enjoying experience? Absolutely. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Triple do. Crown races with fans are—that's why they're awesome. I love, I love, but I'm I'm different. I love when they they do the Preakness shots and then they go to the infield and there's a bunch of people like raving. <laughs> My brother is in that field. There you go. <laughs> Man, I love the pageantry of it all too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I, I think at the same time, I think the people who are sitting at home and probably appreciate that the races were moving along. They could kind of sit there. I don't I don't know that the timeline is bad if you're sitting at your house, but the inability to go at all is not good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just think we're we're in a situation right now where sports, you know, like, for example, I feel like the NBA has figured something out right. I, I just feel like watching these games in the bubble have been well, so there's no, much better. There's no travel. There's no people to distract you. Right. And I almost they, said something different. Yeah. And then, yeah. So, I mean, those guys are at top But even how they right? have the, uh, the screens of all the people around and whatever else. The, the hockey's been fantastic, you know. Shout yeah. out to Megan's Las Vegas Golden, Golden Knights. Knights. Yeah. yeah. Who are in the, East, in the Western Conference Finals, right? Yeah, she's nodding, she, which is bad for radio. Yeah, yeah she does. <laughs> That's right. They can't uh-huh. see you. Guys. I'm nodding, but I'm not saying it. <laughs> I was thinking about how much You're I want to go to us. a game. No, I, I, you know, are you following your Golden Knights right now? Uh, I've been a little busy yeah. in like the past two right. weeks, but so we I actually, have been up until this point. We have a we have an expert on this. So, Crean, are Cubs games just disappointing that Wrigley has no one in them? It's it's very different. It's very different without so, fans at Wrigley. Yeah, yeah. Wrigley's the most overrated ballpark. That's fine, but it's usually oh, bad. that's such a bad take. That's true. 
It's such a bad take. It's such a bad take. So many times, and it's so like they're they're not baseball fans. That's the thing. So oh yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely like Cubs fans. A lot of them are not the most knowledgeable people. Yes, I will admit that. And I would like so, to say uh, I am not Bozich, a part of that group, but yeah. Rick Bozich was here earlier. And if well, well, here, of course Rick Bozich would, cr- would crush the just Cubs. To, just to have yes. a quote Ozzie Guillen saying that uh, that Wrigley Field is a, a bad bar with a $75 cover charge and $15 <laughs> beers or something, whatever he said, which is like the greatest baseball line of all time. Yeah, um, I mean, I would admit that I think the baseball without fans has been a little different, but I like watching baseball in person. A whole lot, but anyway. just like foul balls going into the fans yeah, stands, and no one's right. there to catch them is, is, is sad. <laughs> Bounces but on I, the ground, like, yeah, right. The hockey, <laughs> that's the, I think the hockey's been great. I think the basketball's been. It great. It doesn't mean the product's bad. Like that was a good Oaks, for sure. That was a good Oaks. Yeah. Like that's not in question. Like the last time I was at a live race was March 14th for the Jeff Ruby Steel Pass of all things. Crazy. Tomorrow Field Pass, Field Pass running tomorrow. Shout out, friend and, of the show. Um, of the you show. said friend shout out. Yeah, keep drink drinking, so everyone. Don't worry, I've had a lot. So the. Um, <laughs> No one else has because the what bars. Are we, what are, are we drinking? Wild turkey. Okay. I bought it for you because you were you like, did? remember last time you were on the show, you were like, turkey, <laughs> turkey. And I was like, oh, we're getting some turkey. So um, non-GMO grains for wild turkey, by the way. Darn right. The, yeah. um, whatever that means. So the, it's not uh, as like, sharp as I remember it being, though. It's very smooth. It's a nice good. bourbon. It's, it's no, great, I like it. It's, it is the most misunderstood of bourbons, for sure. I yeah. agree. Um, but no, that was a great Oaks as far as how it laid out and how the horses ran and she dares the devil was clearly the best horse today and she won and that's good and so no it's not that even with the jeff ruby stakes like field pass was the best horse in that race that's fine right but like it was sad to be next to the synthetic track and there's no noise and you mm-hmm. know i mean just mm-hmm. so no i miss fans and and i do think horse racing especially is much much better hey speak fans. i'm gonna throw cream like uh, well, and we'll give them a couple of minutes to think about it all right but you went to that uh, that race in Turfway with Stable Boy. I did. And we used to have a thing on our show with Stable Boy's stupid question. Sure. And he never really had a stupid question. They were always just really Crean's not going to have one either. I know. But, so, but Crean, do you have a question about horse racing that you've always wanted to ask? Or any of our fans that can text mm. into the Yeah, you can text it. What's the text line again there, Louie? 437 That is the UPS jobs text line. I mean, Crean, you might know everything there is to know about horse racing. I definitely do not, but I'm also not the person that that doesn't know anything and just goes and bets blindly. Like I've, I feel like I've watched enough to where I get the basic understanding. I guess my super question would be how, unless like a horse is going crazy in the paddock or something, like going absolutely nuts. How do you judge how a horse looks in the paddock? I've never understood that. All right, Megan, this is definitely your question because oh. I'm not qualified this to answer for this me. one. Yes, <laughs> she's wildly uncomfortable sharing her secrets. By the way. Good, no, good, no, good I'm work, not. Jeff. I'm not. I'm. I'm quite the opposite. I want to share secrets. I want people to become fans of, of racing and and to have confidence when they're betting because um, it's great for our sport. But I, there, again, there's a couple things you look for. I mean, if it's a maiden race, if it's a baby race, you certainly want to make sure that they're not like getting really washy, really sweaty, as we call it. So you want to see that they don't have a lot of white lather on their um, on their neck or in between their back legs. Uh, can be a, often an indication that they're a little bit anxious. So that's something that I look out for to see if they're kind of spooking and wide-eyed. You want them to be relaxed and really just kind of moving through uh, the paces when they're walking and, and looking strong. A lot of times you can tell if a horse has a little bit of a, a belly on them. They look a little bit fatter than some of the other ones. Why are you looking at me? Why are you looking at me? Looking at she you. looked directly at me. I was tractor coming Painter. down the thing. Do I look uh, like a horse? And and you know it's okay if they're on their toes, as people say, with them Are kind of like me prancing, a if you will. Animal? No, but you don't want them to be overly anxious. 
Kareen, I would I would sum it up the way like you know how you go to a basketball game and like the underdog is like super hyped and like ready to go and they come out of the tip off and then they might even get like a quick five point lead and then all of a sudden the other team who's just cool, calm, and collected they can just take everything in stride. Or the guy that's just nervous and missing all the shots. Or yeah, or they're. Uh, I nervous. think it's more like that. Yeah, could be that too. So, um, you know, they I, get in their head too much. Right, like cream like on is. a date. Or you know, <laughs> oh my like gosh, something like what? What? We're just besmirching. Is this like a besmirching no, round table? No, don't do that. But I, I appreciate Crean's <laughs> question because <laughs> I love it. It's great. Louie and I, Louie and I were talking about we're fans of Crean, so don't worry about that. No, it's, it's more about how you and I were talking about yeah. how doing this is the first time we've been at the racetrack with Megan. Mm-hmm. Correct. And oh, it was embarrassing it, today. It, yeah, yeah, it was amazing when, to watch you do what you do. Thank you. When when you and I have the same tools. Our handicapping is less far apart than it was today when you can see a horse and just you're like Usain Bolt ahead of me in a sprint. Like it's, <laughs> it was embarrassing today. So I, I well, because I, I mean, this tomorrow. is but think about it. This is what I came from. Like I, I was a horse person before I was a racing person. Sure. So I've ridden horses in the show horse world and I, I galloped a little bit, race horses and, and you know, worked behind the scenes, I guess, for a while with them. So the animal itself is what I knew and loved. And then somebody taught me how to read a form. So it, it went through that process. Right. So for me, yeah. my strong point is the actual animal and watching replays and watching races and, and, and live and whatever. The only other person I can think of that's on uh, the network where you work that is like that is Kate and Bedard, who mm-hmm. can look at a horse and just go, nope. Yeah. Or look at a horse and go, yep. Yeah. Right? And she's, she's got a really keen eye for those Kate's things. fantastic. But she grew up around horses too, right? Right. So similar, similar story like, like that. Like some bloodstock stuff or what? I would love to do bloodstock stuff. I'm actually going to be at the September sale. There's a, a few international, um, there's a guy that does some bloodstock agent work in, in England uh, and Dubai and other countries. And he usually comes in for the sale. And I shadowed him last year and he can't get here because of all the restrictions. So I'm actually going to be his eyes and ears and uh, helping them select horses for clients to buy at Keeneland. Which will be That's fun. awesome. Yeah, That's I'm really right. excited about it. Yeah, so. Uh, I, but I'd love to do my own bloodstock. I, I want to know, Kareen, Kareen, do you know what a bloodstock agent is? Uh, no, please. Uh, there is. There's a stupid <laughs> question. Actually, that's not a stupid question it's either. It's not stupid at all. <laughs> Megan, would you like to explain what a bloodstock agent is? No, a bloodstock agent is... <laughs> oh, man. Literally everything. everything. Um, a bloodstock agent is... I'm surprised is, he's not slurring his speech. Just to uh, say that. There's somebody that... Settle down. <laughs> I mean, they are kind of like a like a scout, if you will. So they, um, they scout out horses based on pedigree and based on how they look. So we call it confirmation, like how they're put together. Um, and they... And sometimes on workouts, if it's two-year-old sales. And so then they will... Ad, or suggest those horses to clients for owners to buy. So when you talk about like the Keeneland sales, the auctions, the big horse auctions that they have where there's crazy money at, it's really insane. If you've never been to one or watched one, I suggest you you go just to see it. Um, but they're the ones that kind of go through all of that and, and they, they advertise to those clients and, and hopefully they buy them and, and they pick them out. And in fact, Monomoy Girl was selected by a bloodstock agent, Liz Crow, who is a graduate of the University of Louisville with me. Uh, and she is uh, works with Bradley Weisbord with Elite Sales um, and Elite Bloodstock, and they she selected Modern One Girl, and, and I mean, what a good pick! But Liz is another person. She came from the same background as me, different places. I think she's from this area or maybe, maybe Maryland. Um, but she rode horses in the hunter jumpers and the show jumping, and then she went into racing. So it's that same kind of background. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Maybe. Tom McGreevy, friend of the show. Tom In town, yeah. actually. In, in town? Yeah, I think I'm going to be able to see them uh, That'll be great. in the next two weeks before they head Budweiser out. Budweiser so. guy right there? Yeah, that, that's his drink <laughs> of choice. Hey, we, we got to find out from Cream. Cream, what is your drink of choice when you're just kind of sitting back? <sighs> 23-year-old guy. Here we go. I know. Uh, a lot of different stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. 
usually just like like uh, I, I I'm I'm basic I guess and, you know, like a natty light yeah yeah Bud Light maybe <laughs> yeah all right so Creed you and I have something in common and I don't know if we've shared this on air but I have a, I have a degree from from Bloomington we have shared that on air you said that first we said that okay so yeah. when I was there Keystone Light was the dirty thirty is that has that changed <laughs> um you still see it sometimes you okay, still right, see good. it okay all right, okay. Yeah. Well, the Dirty 30 is important. When I, it's different <laughs> campus to campus. These are things. It was Bush Light at Michigan State. It is oh, okay. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is what it How is. many colleges do you go to? I have degrees from from three. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Not, not very many. Yeah, there you go. Just a few. Yeah. Sounds expensive. I didn't pay for any of them. There Great. you go. There you go. Thank you, government. <laughs> All right, so, so anything else to kind of just talk about, to, to kind of recap today? Just uh, hold on. Can we talk about how the weather was absolutely perfect? It was great. Though? It, it was awesome. It has not been nice not weather it's just not since funny. 2015. American Fair was the last horse to oh, cross the wire first in the sunshine. Yeah. After that, it has rained every single year. But, but that American Fair Derby was that weather was like. It was really hot. Oh, I, I don't think it was that hot. No, no was I thought it was. I, I thought it, if I remember correctly, that that day was like perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I, that day was perfect. And uh, that was kind of funny because the, the museum has that video that they shot in the round when you go into the Kentucky Derby Museum. Love that. And they just happened to choose that derby for the remake of that video. Oh, right? really? And they got a triple crown winner with American Pharaoh. And oh. They got a perfect day uh, weather-wise. And, uh, you know, it was a huge crowd here. And uh, they couldn't. They lucked out big that, time with that. That's where Farrell really showed his greatness was that he ran in perfect conditions here. And then it deluged at his Preakness. Oh I mean, deluged. That was, that was great. Oh. We were in the infield, and actually Jimmy, the assistant for um, Bob Baffert, happened to be in there, too. And, and it, I mean, it was like they almost had to evacuate the place. It was black skies. Black. And it, I, it, I he, can't believe they ran the race with how close the lightning was. I agree with you. It, it was insane. So all of a sudden, somebody somebody ducks in and then realizes that there's a bunch of us huddled at, like, like I don't know, animals in, in like a shelter in a storm. And it happened to be myself, Bob Costas, the rest of the NBC people, and then Jimmy, the assistant for Bob. I know. That's definitely a humble brag. I, used to, I worked with Bob for like five years. Take a drink. So the, the incredible part of that is I heard rumors that some of the horses were carrying like 15 to 20 pounds of water weight. 100%. Yeah. And then he turns around in three weeks and runs a mile and a half. Yeah. I mean, that's insanity. That's if you insane. remember, though, how Bob trained that horse going leading up to the derby, he... He had him going a mile and a half. Like, he almost approached that entire derby as, like, okay, I'm going to get this horse ready to go a mile and a half. And, um, and it was incredible. And then, and Justify the same, in the same breath. I mean, he's the one who ran in the rain here, ran in the fog at the Preakness, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that was crazy. I, I, I felt like the Perfect horses, though, that American Pharaoh faced were better horses than the horses that Justify faced. I don't disagree at all. I, I don't mean, think I, we've seen horses come out of there. I mean, like Frosted Desire now and, and um, oh gosh, I can't remember the names of the other ones. But I just, I felt like that was tougher conditions for him. And not only that, but for him to sustain a summer career and then come back in the yep, Breeders' Cup right. and complete the Grand yeah. Slam, like, my favorite horse. No, Kim, why is Dan? I mean, everybody loves Zenyatta, but like... By the way, Tis Law wins out. It's a better year than American Pharaohs. If he wins out. If, if he wins, he wins the next year. Because won the Traverse. He wins here. He wins at Pimlico. He wins the Classic. That's that's a better year. Mm. And only basically taking off the month of July, basically. like uh, It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because he, he Florida Derby. won I mean, like the Traverse. American Pharaoh yeah. didn't win the Traverse. Correct. And reminder, too, Justify beat... Gronkowski for second in his Belmont, who yeah. had never been under before. Yeah, <laughs> it's just different. Yeah, Gronkowski. Not to take away from Justify, who was awesome, just awesome. All right, 
Did so, we just besmirch Justified? Did you do that? No, but... <laughs> <laughs> Did I make you do that? It happened. <laughs> Some kind it of happens, ninja brain happen. thing. <laughs> I did not want to do that. Justify was terrific. Well, I guess that kind of leads to the question. I mean, we got a couple minutes before we go to break. Are we going to have a Triple Crown winner this year? Uh, yes, it seems that way. Yeah, I'm going to be kind of surprised if we don't. I, I No, just... but only because Tisla wins tomorrow, but King Guillermo wins. <laughs> drink. Shout out to all of our listeners that are still with oh us. Oh, my drink, gosh. Drink, drink. Well, I mean, that's, but that's, that's the, my dream right there. Well, you're talking about, you know, we always talk in, in, the, in the spring when the derbies run in the spring. Back in the day when the derbies used to be running in the spring. <laughs> That, uh, <laughs> like, who are the new shooters? Back in 2019. Right? And the new shooters are always nice horses, but they're never, they're, it's not, the new shooters are not like Art Collector. And one, of, one of my favorite things to do is to look at the Maryland prep for the Preakness, and I forget the name off the top of my head. It's got an Italian name. Um, but that, should know it. The winner of that race has never finished in, like, the last 20 years better than eighth or something Aww. in the Preakness, right? Yeah, no, I know, for sure. And then, uh, oh, the... The Federici Tesoro, I think is what it's called. Ooh. All right. I'll look it up while I'm break. But, I guess um, my point is, is that does the, the Preakness field is going to be better than I think it usually is? For sure. So does that – the fact that the Preakness field was better, does that – I said for sure, of, and I don't know if I mean that. Does because that counter the, the Belmont if you're, being shorter? Let's say and, you're like honor AP or you're authentic or something. Do you just train for the Breeders' Cup? Oh, yeah. So you're, then you don't run in the Preakness. So who's going to be in the Preakness then, bro? Our collector and King Guillermo. Oh, that's fair. Okay, never mind. Withdrawn. And Dr. Post. And Dr. Post. And Dr. Post. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think you've got three horses that made the uh, to not come here that are going to be there. Maybe like a Governor Morris or something. And mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Make it some decent horses. Okay. Anybody right. else can get, I wonder if anybody else can get healthy, the ones that kind of get off this. Uh, I'll be interested to see who it is if, if Tislaw wins tomorrow, who has a good showing, and everyone's like, man, I hope that horse goes to Baltimore. Like, right. you know, like, who is, who's that horse tomorrow? I'm really interested to see that. Is Tizzlewall the best horse, or is like he's just the best horse because Maxfield didn't make it, and or <gasps> Maxfield. Nadal didn't make it, uh, or yeah, Charlatan didn't. I make think it, it would have made it really interesting if, if I mean, I love Nadal. I'm not really a big. Uh, I mean, he's obviously talented, but I much prefer, always did Nadal over Charlatan. Um, King Guillermo second to Nadal, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and Maxfield is, I think, super talented. No, uh, honestly, yeah. he, I thought he would have won the Derby. If he Hopefully he in. heals. And yeah. We might see him. I would him. love to we see might him see again. Him. Yeah. All right. So uh, we're going to go to break. Uh, Megan, are you going to stick around with us for the conversation with EJ? Or? Uh, yeah. You want me to? Yeah. yeah well, you're more than welcome to. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we'll are be they back. Are you kidding me out right now? <laughs> no. We're going to get uh, we're gonna our own car. Like we're good, man. I can see car. my car. That's the weirdest thing, though, is I knowing know. that I don't have to deal with traffic yeah. and uh, the fact that I can I can see my yeah, car from where car, we are though. right That's now. That's the hard part. <laughs> no, you're just going through the tunnel. you got to go through the tunnel. I know. Yeah. Straight down, straight across. They have shuttles. They can't let you go across the dirt? No. I mean, I was just on the dirt. I have dirt in my shoes right now on the track. All right, we'll be back on the other side. This is the Horse Racing Happy Hour. Time now for Kentucky Oaks post-race coverage with the Horse Racing Happy Hour right here on ESPN Louisville. Post-race coverage is presented by Cody Photography, the official track photographer at Churchill Downs. RE Solutions, revolutionizing real estate one relationship at a time. Begin your home search at resolutions.realtor and Vidhorse Marketing Photography and videography let vidhorse take the reins of your digital content now live from churchill downs here's mike gandolfo megan devine and louis rabot 
All right, we are back for one more segment, one more half hour with our fans here on the Horse Racing Happy Hour. And we also want to make sure that we thank the sheet metal workers of Smart Local 110. For career opportunities, go to smart110.com. The post-race coverage is also presented by local 502 plumbers, pipe fitters, and HVAC technicians. For all your personal and business insurance needs, contact Chad Hennessy at InsuranceMax, 502-479-4085. Chad's a good dude, by the way. Yeah. He's a good dude. Sure, Max, yeah. And, uh, all right. We are going uh, – we got a special guest today. And, again, this is a guy that I owe a lot to because he's uh, he taught me the ropes. He kind of taught me how to kind of go around the backside, getting sound up for, uh, for the show, getting information. Uh, we did the show, this post-race show, for many, many years, and uh, it's always been a lot of fun. I want to go to EJ Clark. EJ, how you doing? I'm doing fine, Mike. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys and uh, and uh, girls. And <laughs> thank I, you. I just, you said girls, so does that mean you're not sure about Louis? <laughs> <laughs> Louis, <laughs> I'll no, check. No, no. All right. Uh, but uh, I wanted to say that I'm representing. It's a beautiful evening out here in Jefferson Town post race for the old. Oh, I'm representing the fans at home here at Louisville as well as uh, having a few comments. But thanks for having me on. Absolutely, EJ. Uh, any big? Uh, well, let's let's talk about just the year 2020 as a whole, like how we got here. You know, what are your biggest takeaways from how we got to this moment here in 2020 to a uh, Kentucky Derby weekend in September with no fans? Well, everybody knows that it's been the most unprecedented year that anybody's ever experienced, probably ever in horse racing. So we we went into the year after uh, after March with fans not being allowed at the racetrack and no spring meet at Keeneland. Uh, it's been an extraordinary year, but racing has continued. And, and really, it, it's a tribute to the men and women who take care of these fine equine animals. They're out there every day putting everything on the line, the trainers, the grooms, the owners, everybody out there, the veterinarians, and racing has continued to go on, which is, which is great. And I tell you what, we had a beautiful day at Churchill Downs, and I know everybody uh, watched NBC's coverage. I uh, listened to uh, uh, ESPN Louisville's coverage, uh, both with Horse Racing Network and, and you guys for a while. And, you know, it just it's one of those situations where uh, everything is unprecedented. Everything is strange. And But let me just say one thing here first. When would you ever imagine that uh, a trainer would bring in his Oaks winner on the undercard, win with her, I'm talking about Monomoy Girl, who gave Brad Cox his first grade one victory prior to the Oaks in 2018 in the Ashland Stakes. Then he comes in, he has a great day on the undercard, doesn't win with Monday Call, but comes in with a 15 to 1 long shot to win the Kentucky Oaks, beats Gamine, beats also uh, Swiss Skydiver, who uh, I'll talk about in a minute. Maybe some people think she didn't have an excuse, but I I just thought that maybe Tyler might have waited a little bit too long to try to get out. But, you know, that's horse racing, so you never know. Just that's the way I see it. But for Montemore Girl to win the Lottery in, to come back uh, to Churchill Downs, loves Churchill Downs. This filly, she dares the devil. She's won three for three at Churchill Downs. And, and for Brad Cox and for Duru, what a day for these guys. Yep. The wins on the card. Just just tremendous. And uh, I tell you what, uh, we saw a great undercard. 
and uh, it's just it, it was a great day of racing. It's just too bad that the fans couldn't be there. Yeah, Florent actually got the fifth win with the uh, in that last race, so it was incredible it's day for Rontero. Yeah, yeah, so he came uh, came in there. So, Lou, you got a, something you want to say? No, sorry. Oh, I th- <laughs> you picked up the mic and went to your mouth. I was like, uh, he's got a question. What did, he, t- he mentioned Tyler's ride on, in the in the Oaks. You got Megan? Any comments about that? Um, you know, I, I didn't think that she looked terribly comfortable in behind those horses. I, I, she and then he had to go super wide um, at, at the end of it. So I just thought she had a maybe not the most efficient trip in the world. I wouldn't say it was necessarily bad. But um, you know, there's definitely something to be trip, said. Megan. No, I don't. I don't think it was a bad trip, really. And you know, you have to make split to second decisions in these races and this kind of thing. But I think, you know, she was she was geared down to win at a mile and a quarter. Um, uh, you know, in the Alabama, and mm-hmm. you know, this this is not a lot of time in between that race and the Kentucky Oaks today. And then to exactly wide, like you say. Just a little bit of that kind of margin can make all the difference in a race like the Kentucky Oaks. And I think it's just it's just part of racing luck. But I, I think she's a terrific filly. I think this is one of the best Kentucky Oaks fields, a field of nine. And just one of the best I've seen in, in quite a while. Yeah, there were some really, really talented fillies in here. I agree with you. Yeah, so... And, you know, I, Beach ran her race, too. She ran, she ran a good race. I wouldn't be surprised if we see her, too. I mean, I think she's just coming into her own. So we talked earlier about horses we might see in the Breeders' Cup to staff with Swiss Skydiver being one of those. Obviously, she dares the devil. We don't think Amin will go for it, but who knows. But I think Speech will probably be a major contender when it gets time for the Breeders' Cup to staff. I think she's going to continue to get better, going to continue to to improve and just come into her own. Because, like I said earlier on the show, her and, and she dares the devil were the most eye-catching to me in the mornings. And you're certainly right about that, uh, that she ran a good race, too. She did, and uh, I tell you what, when you when you think about earlier this year, Brad Cox loses British Idiom, his Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies uh, winner. He, uh, you know, has to endure a tragic loss with Therese, who uh, uh, was fatally injured in a training accident. And then he comes back with She Dares the Devil, and uh, I tell you what, this Phillies got a, a big, big career ahead of her. I, I was really impressed with the race today. She was there all the way. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, anything else to you stand out from today? I mean, what you what you think about Monomoy Girl, and um, what do you think about uh, by my standards, uh, Sconson? Any anybody else stand out? Well, yeah, it, it, it's interesting that uh, Monday Call, of course, was the was the favorite in the eight bells, and Sconson uh, ran behind her, of course, uh, at Ellis Park in the, in the uh, Ellis Park Oaks. Uh, turned the tables on her today. I thought uh, that's a great win for the connections of uh, Major Fed. The same connections are, are coming up tomorrow on the Kentucky Derby from post position number five. James Grand uh, rode a beautiful race. A guy who knows how to uh, handle the pace, and, and uh, he, he knew he had a, a nice filly underneath him today. Uh, that was an impressive win. It, it's kind of a feel-good story, a local story for uh Greg Foley, and so mm-hmm. uh, congratulations to all those folks. I just thought it was a terrific card today. Um, when you look at, uh, you know, McKenzie, uh, he, he just didn't just didn't seem to have it. Bob Baffert said that after the race. Uh, he just didn't fire as much. He didn't. He was a little bit sluggish. I think Mike Smith mentioned that that uh, you know he, he came back to defend his title, winning the Alasheba last year comes into Churchill Downs, and so I, I don't know if they're, you know, used to uh, 
kind of look at some of the horses coming in from California on Oaks Day, voting how they would run uh, some of the horses on uh, in from California would run on Saturday. And I don't know if you can make too much of that or not, but uh, certainly uh, by my standards, ran a big race. And, and the rider, I, I, I noticed uh, uh, that uh, Gabriel Saez uh, made the uh, made the sign of a cross three times before he went into the <laughs> gate. And Mike, uh, you and I being Catholic boys there, you know, we pick up on those kind of things. And, and so uh, – uh, he rode a big race on my, uh, by my standards. Very happy for Brett Calhoun and all right, the connections to by my standards. You mentioned the California horses. We got two California horses who are the big, uh, big, b- biggest threats, I guess, uh, at least from the odd standpoint to Tis the Law tomorrow. Uh, how do you see the Derby going tomorrow? Uh, I just want to mention a little factoid that that Barkley Tag. Before take a look at the race, Barkley Tag is trying to do what. Carl Nasker did. 17 years in between his second derby win. Unbridled and Street Sense in 2007. Now, funny side, 2003. So he's trying to come back in 17 years. Carl did it. Can Tis the Law do it? And, you know, you wonder uh, you wonder, has any of this campaign, Tis the Law would have been the favorite coming into Churchill Downs in May. There's no doubt in my mind, uh, you know, off his victories and the Holy Bull and the Grade One Florida Derby, and just the way he was training and everything. Uh, I, I just think that he, you know, not only is he the horse to beat, and, and I want to try to cheer for him, and also kind of want to lean against and pick Honor AP. And uh, I just like the way that, uh, in the shared belief, I thought that was too short for Honor AP. I think uh, he comes into the race very good. Uh, he's been training very well. Uh, all, you know, uh, it, it is going to be a, it, it's going to be a great race. I'm still trying to kind of throw around a few more horses to figure out, you know, who I'm, who else I'm going to put in there. Um, but, uh, you know, those are the first two. Uh, it, it's going to be Honor AP and Tis the Law back and forth. Um, what's Thousand Words going to do? I think Thousand Words is going to be up there. Running, running early. I think he's going to be pressing the pace. Whoever decides to go to the pace, and I like New York traffic. This is a horse that's been right there, and uh, he's been knocking on the door. He's got some speed of his own. I think he is dangerous. Um, it's the Kentucky Derby, 16 horses, and nobody has to run from the 17 hole, which I think is good. I think if you're good enough, you can win from the parking lot, as Mike Battaglia used to say, and. Uh, uh, it's going to be an interesting race tomorrow. Hey, we we were mentioning you know you mentioned the sixteen horses and we we probably have a couple horses that shouldn't be there. Um, what do you think about them having the full field, or, or should there be a little bit more of a minimum standard of who can be in the Derby? No, I, you know since since Churchill Downs uh, since Orr we have seen the favorites come back and run back to form. Since the, the point system went in, we have seen uh, a, a very, a very evenly what I think a very evenly matched bunch of horses. There are always going to be a few standouts and everything, but I, I like I like the point system. I like the way it's been run. I like the fact that they added the Ellis Park Derby in there. I like the fact that even 
when the bluegrass couldn't be run in April that it was run in July. I, I like the whole way that Churchill Downs has really presented a way to combat the fact that the due to COVID, due to the virus, that we're going to have to extend this to September. And I, you know, I, I like the way it is right now. I don't, I don't really have any complaints as far as, as far as uh, the horses that are that are in here or shouldn't be in here. I think, uh, you know, when you get down to it, toward the end, you're going to have a few horses that are, uh, you know, like South Bend and a few other horses. Mr. Big News, they're, they're going to take a shot. You know, they can get in. They can take a shot. I, EJ, you and I could not be more on the same page on this. You know, the fifth-place winner is going to get like 90 grand. I, I'd take a shot, too. I'm totally with you. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's the Kentucky Derby. You, you only get one chance for the Kentucky Derby. And, that's true, yeah. Uh, yep, I agree with that. And, and that's the race that everybody wants to win. It's the race that everybody wants to, to compete in. So I, I can't knock anybody trying to get into the Kentucky Derby. But, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm anxious to see. Um, I, I don't know how much you guys, uh, uh, you all have talked about this, but uh, the new starting gate and everything's um, – so it, it does make it perhaps a little bit for, uh, more fair. I didn't see that race. Didn't they have a race on Tuesday where they had a – They did, uh, yes. A, 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 they used the starting gate. I didn't see that, that replay on that race. I don't know if it makes any difference or will make any difference tomorrow. You know, it's, I it, think it, you know, it's something to talk about anyway. It's interesting, EJ, because essentially, you know, when they talk about races in not in North America, they talk about the run-up. Right. Mm -hmm. Essentially, with this gate, there's actually going to be a run up to the quarter mile because it's going to be set a little bit beyond the red pole that all of us know at the top of the stretch here at Churchill Downs. And so, and um, it's the red pole. It's a quarter pole. It's also a quarter pole. Okay. (laughs) And so there's going to be a little bit of a run up, but it allows, and they've even announced, EJ, I don't know if you saw this, no one's going to be in that one spot. Right. And so the the one horse will be in the two spot. Go ahead. I'm sorry. The two horses so, in the two sport, one scratch. I, I think, right. I think it's going to be uh, with the two scratches in the Kentucky Derby tomorrow. I think it's going to be, uh, you know, as far as I don't think it's going to be a, a situation where you can say much. Well, the outside post position, all the favorites are on the outside, right? And, and a lot of, you know, the speed is pretty much on the outside. So the one, the one thing. Be Sorry. Pardon? The one thing I will say about that gate, just in talking to some people here, is that um, the one hole is actually like where the old three hole used to be. So, peop- the, it, whereas before, you know, that was a big topic of conversation with if you're coming out of the one hole, you're staring, the rail is actually on your outside. Like yeah. you had to go towards the right. Um, but that doesn't exist now with that new gate. And especially as they're leaving that one open, it's even more of a fair start. But the one thing that is a little bit concerning with the new gate, and I'm glad that you brought it up, EJ, is that um, it, it is a little bit smaller inside than the regular starting gates that we have here. So even the spot where the guys, the starters stand on is about three inches smaller uh, oh, than geez. it was before. And it's already a, a tight spot in there. And it also doesn't have the padding on the inside that the other gates have here because it came over from overseas and they don't have starters there so it wasn't necessary for it um without the padding i don't really understand that but either way it's uh it could be a situation where if a horse backs up in the gate the metal of the stirrups could very much 
clang around more than usual and cause other horses to act up. And if they do oh, put okay. padding in there, I, I think they could pay, maybe put like thin padding in there from what I've heard. But if they put like the regular padding that we have in, in the other gates here, um, it would be too small for the horses and the starters to be in. So I think there are, I mean, the starter here at Churchill was involved in the conversations and, and the purchasing of this gate, but it definitely is of different dimensions than what we're used to regularly. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what the jocks say coming out of, you know, this this first yeah. Kentucky Derby after the race is run and, uh, you know, w- what their impressions of the new starting gate. It, it, we, we all know, it, it, and you know this uh, very truly, that uh, if you had the one, oh, it was a kiss of death. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, the biggest example I can give, uh, you know, is Bob Baffert's uh, uh, horse uh, back in 2010. And looking at Lucky, he had no chance. Mm-hmm. And, and they knew when they drew the one, he had no chance coming out of the gate. And you got to break very well or you might hit that rail there. You right. Know, that's not you have far. no choice but and to go. Yeah. So you have to you have to go and you have to break very well. And uh, looking at Lucky showed that uh, he was a great horse because I took him coming back in the Freakness and, and he won. So it was... Uh, it's a big factor, so it's going to be interesting to see what they say. I think if there's any tweaking to do, I'm sure Churchill will do it in the future. But I'm I'm glad they have a new gate. I think it's great. So all right, what uh, else? What else tomorrow are you excited about? EJ? Actually, can I ask oh, EJ a so, question? Yeah, go ahead. No, sure. So the Pet Day Mile tomorrow, EJ, is a one-turn race. Has it always been a one-turn race? Uh yeah. Yes, oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. Uh, it was right. the, the the Pat Day Mile. It's always been the Pat Day Mile. Let me let me uh, just get over there and. Oh, that's all right. It's race nine tomorrow. If you're looking at your PPs. Yeah. yeah. Let me uh, let me get over there here. Um, yeah, and um, so here we go. And uh, yeah, but. It's five hundred thousand dollars. This race was not. Oh, it's a I don't recall race, this, yeah. this horse being five hundred thousand dollars in the past. I think it's a couple of a couple of hundred thousand. Yeah, I think it was three hundred thousand last year, even. Yeah. So uh, it's a half a million dollars, and uh, so I, I, I think it's a good race. I haven't really looked at it all that carefully yet. Rushy coming, uh, you know, was on the Derby Trail and third yep. in the uh, Bluegrass Stakes. Uh, I think he's going to, you know, get a little play obviously the horse i like in here is echo town i loved i loved his uh h.a jerk jerkins uh grade one win and i just love the way he did it uh i think he's doing very well ricardo santana steve asneson echo town at seven to two i like the odds as well so I'm, that's a nice I'm number. probably gonna play him for sure there you go all right what else what else do you like for tomorrow I love well, this Derby City distaff. I don't know if, if EJ's got to look at it, but Mia's Mischief and well, you know Serengeti Empress Bellafina, that's a tremendous race. Well, I, I do. Uh, and by the way, uh, Lady Kate is out of there. Of course, she of course, ran today. Yeah. And she and ran she a ran very good terrific race. Terrific today, yes. Very good race. I was really impressed with her race. And uh, I, I just think uh, this daughter, Bernardini, ran very, very well. And I'll be looking for her next time. But... Um, Obviously, you've got, you know, I don't know what to do with I love Serengeti Empress, last year's Oaks winner, but uh, she's she's on and she's off. Uh, I don't know what to do with her exactly. Bellafina, I think, is going to take a lot of money, obviously. CC, so, you know, here again, uh, in this race, you've got a, a lot of the horses you might like. They're on the outside. Johnny Velasquez, Mike McCarty, 
in uh, CC. I, I think you got to play her as well. Um, you guys tell me who you like. Let's, let's talk about. Well, it. that's why you got to listen tomorrow, EJ. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to tease the show. I was going to say we're trying to cheat and get your notes, buddy. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just a tremendous race. I, like I love. That. Yeah, like a Mia Mischief at six to one. I mean, that's a tremendous yeah. value, and you know, I, so I, no, it, it is a very nice price. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, just it's when you know it's a good race when you get a horse like that at six to one for sure. Well, so, uh, you know, uh, can they beat newspaper of record? I like, uh, you know, this this. Uh, it's a good question. This Philly, she she's just so good, you know. And uh, hey, here's another thing: when when would you ever have the Iroquois on a Derby Underground? Oh, only, right. <laughs> only in yep. September. That's right. And it's a nice field too. Twenty twenty one Oaks points given out before the twenty twenty yeah. Oaks. <laughs> there you go. Shout out to uh, the Dale Roman drink and the Alball family. Uh, oh, I've got an old Porsche, by the way. Is it time to drink? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There it is. Oh, yeah, there it is. He said shout out, and that's one of our drinking <laughs> rules. I'm having an old Porsche. All right. The whole show is just a drinking game. Yeah, that's all, pretty much it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love it. Uh, oh, EJ, I can tell you being at the track without you has not been the same. Uh, oh, I definitely true. miss you in well, lane. I appreciate that. It's very kind of you, Mike. You know, we had, we had a good time doing this show the last four years. So, uh, yeah, I, thanks for having me on. It, it's, it's been fun. I just love talking horse racing. And uh, whether you're at the track, you know, you don't get the same feel at home watching the no, TV. No, that's you right. Know. Uh, yep. But, uh I guess if Gary Stevens can, you know, work for Fox Sports uh, from <laughs> California, then, you know, the rest of us can, uh, you know, just uh, uh, watch it off the monitor, as they say. So we got like three more minutes, EJ. So let's just get your official sort of prediction for the Derby tomorrow as far as your winner. But, uh, you know, if you got a horse that you think can hit the board that's kind of a longer, longer odds, what, what do you think for tomorrow? Well, the horse that, that might be at the longer odds is New York traffic. Uh, he's he's the. Uh, I mean, you know, the, the question people are going to have to ask themselves if they're if they're trying to beat to the law uh, is uh, are they are you know where how much how much uh, factor is the speed on the outside going to play in this race? And for me. Um, I keep going back and forth because I absolutely think that Tis the Law is the best three-year-old, the best three-year-old in training, without a doubt. And they've done such a great job. Uh, and, and and don't worry about the fact that uh, he lost at Churchill Downs. That was a sloppy track. That was his third race. He was down on the inside. Manny Franco, um, you know, it, it did... Uh, you know, get him out a little bit. I talked to Jack Knowlton. I was there that night and talked to Jack Knowlton after the race. He said, you know, the track wasn't really that much of a factor. He did have to ship for the first time. I don't think that that's the only chink in his armor. He lost to Churchill Downs. He's going to get a fast track. So, tis the law is, is hard to go against. I really think I'm going to go with Honor AP and put him on top with Mike Smith and uh, for John Sheriff's. Uh, New York traffic. And, and then, uh, you know, what's Authentic going to do? Um, he's going to be part of the speed with Johnny Velasquez. And, uh, by the way, Johnny Velasquez is still looking for that 200th grade one victory. He was hoping to get it in the Kentucky Oaks with Gamin, and that didn't happen. So he'll have 200. to 200. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Grade one victory. <laughs> that's incredible. Seas- he has 199. But I really think between the two Baffert horses, I really think the thousand words. I, I'm, I'm going to take thousand words over, 
over uh, authentic. And, uh, you know, the shared belief, again, that, that's a race a mile and a sixteenth. Uh, he didn't win at a mile and an eighth in the Los Alamitos Derby. Uh, he's a pioneer of the Nile. Alball family, the Alball family lost Dennis's moment, of course. Baffert didn't, didn't, was not able to, if the race had been running in April, he'd had Nadal in there. He would, uh, um, you know, had a couple of more in there as well. I, I, you know, I can't get too much more. The, 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 uh, horse that I've heard a lot about this week, because, you know, I wasn't at the track, enforceable. What do you guys think about enforceable? The interesting thing about that horse is that he's actually, uh, if you look at him in the stall, he's kind of a small, light little thing. Um, but when he gets out onto the racetrack, he actually is, uh, he kind of puffs up, if you will. So he looks really, really strong. And actually, the assistant for Mark Cassie is a guy named David Carroll, who for a long uh-huh. time oh, trained yeah. on his own, as you know. Just a fantastic human being. Uh, but he's a very talented trainer. He's kind of a small operation. Decided to be the assistant for Mark because it was really tough to, to make it in these conditions with the, just the small horses that he had. And, and he's done very, very well. But he doesn't really ride g- Gallop anymore. Um, he, of course, did when he was training, but he, he doesn't get on too many anymore. However, Enforceable was a horse that just wasn't getting along with a lot of people. So David's actually been galloping that horse uh, since he's been you know training for the Kentucky Derby. Uh-huh. And he, they just do so well together. He gets along with them, and he really caught forces the horse or not forces but encourages the horse to use his hind ends when he's galloping and he's built up a lot of muscle tone that way i mean he looks really really fit when you look at him in the paddock and um i talked to david in fact when he was schooling just the other day and he said you know he's, he's really come into himself megan and this is a horse that uh he was impressed by so i don't think he's without a shot when you are, are looking to potentially use horses underneath or maybe for your superfecta ej my friend, yeah. we got we got to call it quits because we got to close this thing up. So, <laughs> got to pay the tab. I appreciate you very much, my friend, and uh, I can't wait till we're at the track again together. All righty, thank you so much for having me on. All right, no problem, Jay. Enjoyed it. Thank you. All righty, happy, uh, happy derby to you. All right, so uh, this is the the end of it right here. We're gonna go to, we're gonna go to break. Crean's gonna play the press conference at the other end. Tune in tomorrow, starting at one o'clock. Back here at the uh, ESPN Louisville, and uh, we'll be doing the Derby pregame all over. All right, guys, see you tomorrow. Cheers.